Hey friends, Harrison here, and I cannot believe it's been a few years since we started this podcast. One of the things that we get asked about a ton is what training plan should I follow? And so we've decided to develop our own and get it into an app that you can download. So if you're looking for a plan that's interactive, that you can not only see which miles to run, but which strength exercises to do and watch videos and be able to have a checklist system that will literally walk you through the plan and help you keep track of your progress, we've got you covered. Go ahead and click on the link in the description to get started. You're going to have a seven-day free trial. Give it a shot. Let us know what you think. And good luck. Have fun out there, guys. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. What is up, everybody? Harrison here. And due to popular demand, here's an episode on what it's like to train for a triathlon from a marathoner's perspective. So I put a poll out on Instagram not too long ago and I asked, would it be cool if I shared a message about you know my training experience so far, training for my half Ironman? And the overwhelming majority said yes. There were a few people out there that said no, not interested in hearing that. So if that's you guys, sorry about this episode. It's not 100% marathon specific, um, but it is definitely something that relates to training for a marathon. So I think you'll find this interesting. Um, So I want to share my experience so far. And then at the end, I'll give you eight tips that I've learned that will help you make your first triathlon a success. But let me just say this. If you don't take anything else away from this episode, you need to know this. Triathlons are a blast, a serious rush rush of adrenaline. And uh, honestly, something that I would challenge everyone to at least try one time. If you're on the fence, just jump right in. You could do a sprint triathlon, which is the shortest one that I'm aware of. um, And I think you're going to fall in love. So, and if not, that's okay. At least you give it a shot. So as some of you guys might know, I'm currently training for the New York City Marathon. And I know, pinch me, I'm, I'm so excited. I really wanted Mo to get in and I don't know how it happened. We both applied at the same time. I just happened to be the lucky one who got my name drawn. It presented a little bit of a, of a conflict, though, because uh, the half Iron Man that I'm training for is in Tempe, Arizona, exactly three weeks before the New York City Marathon. So I'm kind of training for them both together, uh, basically using the half Iron Man as my peak week for the marathon. I have no idea if that's even going to work. Um, I'm probably going to have to deviate from my Ironman plan a little bit and 
you know, just put more running in there. But we'll see. Um, I guess time will tell, and we've still got a, a couple of months or a few months before that happens. Um, I, I wouldn't normally suggest to people that I talk to to do two huge races this close together. Um, and if it were two marathons, I probably wouldn't do it. But because most of the time that I spend on the high, half Ironman um, is actually spent on the bike, I feel like it's going to be okay because it's working different muscles. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe this is a bad idea, but I'm going for it. So um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But I want to start here. What's a half Ironman? Because I keep throwing that out and I just assume people know what it is. But so I, I think before you can understand a half Ironman, you should probably understand an Ironman. Um, so it's exactly half that. So an Ironman, you swim 2.4 miles, you bike for 112 miles, and then you run a, a full distance marathon. So 26.2 miles, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, we've had people on the podcast that have done this and it's completely mind blowing. I still can't wrap my head around it. I would like to do an Ironman someday, but I want the kids to be older, you know, um, both of them in school. Um, and I just want to be at a place in my career where I can take that kind of time to, to train because it's just going to be insane. Um, and I'll talk about this on today's episode. Training for the half has already been a lot of work. I can only imagine for a full Ironman. So, um, but yeah, so half that would be one, 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike ride, and then a half marathon. So I've done two Olympic distance triathlons before, uh, last summer. And this is the distance that they do in the Olympics. If you've ever watched that. And if you're not familiar, it's, it's kind of close to a half of a half Ironman. So those were awesome. I, I really loved the experience. And one of the main things I noticed after an Olympic distance triathlon was, and this is something that got me hooked, was that even though it took me about three hours to complete, I actually really felt good afterwards, um, much better than I've ever felt after a half marathon or a marathon. So I, I think the switching of disciplines or sports was just something that really excited and, and really challenged me. And the fact that I didn't leave feeling super sore was something that really attracted me to the sport. So, um, I, I think that I, I don't know where the idea came f for me to start training for a triathlon, but you know, it could have been because we've interviewed people that have done Ironmans and I've just been so impressed by them. I told myself that I'd try it someday, but, but here I am, I've done a couple of Olympic distances. And then I told myself I really wanted to do a half Ironman and I have to give a shout out to my cousin, McKaylee, um, she actually, if you remember back when I talked about my first marathon ever, she's the one who kind of met me a couple miles from the finish line and ran with me for a little bit. And, and so she's super athletic and she's done a couple of half Ironmans and, and she really is who inspired me. Um, the more that I think about it as I'm talking to, to do this. So, um, but let me break down my experience so far with each of the, the disciplines. I don't know if you call them sports or disciplines, but we'll just go with that for now. Um, here we go. So, so let's talk about the swim. I honestly think that the reason most marathoners don't try a triathlon is because of the swim. And I'll be honest, this was the most daunting for me. And it probably still is, uh, growing up here in Arizona. I mean, we always had pools around. I grew up with a pool. I don't have one in my house right now, but you know, I, I grew up in, in the water and it was not something I've ever really been afraid of. You know, we went to the lake and would go wakeboarding and that kind of thing. But 
I never really learned to swim long distances. So if you're listening and you have been trained as a swimmer or maybe you swam in in high school or something like that, then the swim really shouldn't be an issue for you. But I think for most people that I talk to who are are runners and, and are afraid of the triathlon, it's because of the swim. And so really just learning how to breathe while swimming long distances was the hardest part for me. That took me a solid, I don't know, probably five sessions in the pool of an hour just practicing, figuring out how do I you know, pop my head up to the side and take in a breath while breathing out with my nose because it's, it's reverse, right? So running, usually you're breathing in with your nose where possible and out with your mouth. But with swimming, it's the opposite. You're breathing out with your nose and in with your mouth. So that took me a while to figure out. And then it was expensive. You know, you had to get goggles and a cap and then you had to get, um, you know, a, a, a wetsuit if you're going to do an open water swim. And the open water swim is completely terrifying. Uh, I can talk about that more as well. Uh, but you know what? That's the more that I reflect on it, what makes the triathlon so exciting you know, what better way to keep challenging yourself than to do something that scares you? And I always remind myself of this, you know, after my marathon, I was one of those people who said, I can do better next time and not hit the wall so hard. You know, how can I learn to enjoy a marathon? And I know not everybody is that way, but a lot of people listening are that way. You know, maybe you, you ran your first marathon and afterwards you were like, I could have done so much better. Let me sign up for my next one. Or you're somebody who says, I'm never doing that again. But but for those people who really want to try that next challenge, you know, maybe you're like me and, and a triathlon is a great way to do that. So swimming for me is that next hurdle. It's, you know, how do I get myself to a point where I enjoy the swim, the open water swim? Um, you know, as as I talk about the open water swim, I only practiced one time before my first Olympic distance a triathlon. And I actually, it was fine. I, I felt really comfortable in the water. I went with my brother, but then on race day, I think it's a mix of the adrenaline, the cold water, uh, people everywhere splashing around you. It, it feels very chaotic. And it's something where at least for me, I start to get this panicky feeling of, um, okay, so I'm in the middle of this lake and I can't touch the bottom and sure there are boats and kayaks around me, but like if I get tired, I like I might have to drop out of this race because how am I going to get all the way to the end? I can't just stop and rest for a while. And I mean, the answer is yes, you can. You can lay on your back, and if you if you have a wetsuit on, it is pretty buoyant. It's you know you can float pretty well, and it is you know. So what I did is I just floated on my back, really caught my breath tried to get it together. And the key for me was just to keep moving, even if it was a doggy paddle, because as I started to notice progress, then I was like, all right, I'm a quarter of the way there. I can do this. But that was kind of what made it scary too, is, is just looking down the lake and how far you have to swim and how little progress you're making. Um, so it, it is a unique beast, but the more that you're in the water, obviously the more comfortable you'll be. And so I, I just, I, I think it's one of those things where you just have to force yourself to do it and over time it'll get better. All right, so let's talk about the cycle. So I'm going to say something that some people are going to find offensive and I'm sorry if you find this offensive if you're a, a diehard cyclist, but one of the things that I don't love about the triathlon is that you can basically buy speed. 
And it's not like that with running or swimming. You know, to me, running and swimming are, are true, 100% athletic ability. Um, and sure, you could buy fancier shoes or you might be able to get a really nice wetsuit or something. But with cycling, and by the way, I'm not saying that you don't have to be athletic because you really, really do. And to be a, a, an elite level cyclist or even just a really fast cyclist, you, you have to be really strong and, and really well-trained. But, you know, these are not my words when I say you have to buy speed. I, these are the words of the guy who fit me for my bike when I went to the bike shop, you know, which that's a story for another day. But it's, it's one of those things where the better the bike you have, the faster you're going to go, you know, within reason, obviously. If you took the same level athlete, put them on a $100 bike or a $20,000 bike, I mean, obviously, you're going to go faster on the $20,000 bike. And, and that's what's trouble, you know, troubling for me is, is how expensive bikes can be. And, and this is one of the hardest parts to, to jump into the triathlon. You know, if, if you're wealthy and you have five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars to spend on a on a nice triathlon bike, then by all means, you know, go out and do that. But for me, you know, a family man who has a lot of things to pay for, it just wasn't an option. And you know, Mo and I, we generally choose to live debt free, and you know, other than our house, um, which is also another story for another day. <laughs> but I wasn't gonna put a bike on a credit card. I don't do payments for things like that, and. And so I decided to post on Facebook and ask some of my friends. And I just said, hey, does anyone have a bike that they're not using? And one of my best friends, shout out to Kyle Wright. He shot me a text and was like, hey, I saw you're looking for a bike. I've got one. It's been sitting in my garage for years. I haven't touched it. He's like, come take a look at it. So I went over there. You know, the tires were flat. We pumped them up real quick and I I hopped on. um, And it was kind of clunky, like it needed a tune up and He's like, look, I'll give it to you, this and the shoes for 150 bucks. He's like, I, it's worth a lot more than that. He, he's, I think he said he bought it for $1,500. He said, but just we're friends, take it. So I did. I took him up on it. I took it to the bike shop, and I think it cost me like $300 to tune up. I got new tires, and they, they you know, took all the grease out of everything. And um, It's been a great bike. It's, it's obviously not like the, the most amazing bike in the world. It's not the fastest bike. Uh, it's aluminum versus, I know a lot of bikes nowadays are carbon fiber. Um, but it's, I mean, it's been awesome. And I, I am so appreciative that he gave it to me for such a good deal. Um, so yeah, that, that's just, that's been my experience so far is just the cost and, and that hurdle to get the bike. But once you get the bike, you know, then, then you're, then you're game, you're, you're ready to go. Um, and for indoor training, that can be a challenge as well. Uh, we just bought a Peloton. So, you know, we had been wanting one for a while so Mo could get in some exercise while she's pressed for time. Um, and because, you know, it's so hot here in Arizona in the summertime, it can be hard for me to get out and, and do a long bike ride. So I'm really looking forward to that. We just had it delivered today. Um, I can't wait to give it a shot. So if any of you guys have any questions about the Peloton, and want to know our experience, let us know. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. We'd be happy to share our experience. I'm really excited to try it, and I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, But, you know, one of the things that has been an adjustment with cycling is just the time that it takes to get in a good ride. So, for example, I had to do an hour and 45 minutes today on the bike, which um, that's really long. That's like, that's the equivalent of a a really good long run. So, um, and then you're doing multiple rides per week that are like that. 
that are an hour or more. So it, that's another challenge so far is it's just the amount of time that you need to train on the bike. Um, and you know, when you've got work and a family and all of that, it, it can be, it can be tough. So that's just, that's been my experience. I, I think as I talk about the differences between training for a marathon and a triathlon, um, you know, that is one of the main things is just the time during the week that it's taken, you know, typically with marathon training, at least at the level I'm at, it's not a lot of training during the week. It might be an hour or maybe an hour and 15 minutes on a daily basis, but you're not really talking much more than that. So to go out consistently a few t- few days during the week to ride an hour and a half or an hour 45 or two hours, it's definitely going to be an adjustment to figure out. Um, another major difference from training for a marathon is, you know, I, I actually, this is kind of a plus, I don't feel as injury prone. Um, and now I'm just getting started. I'm only a couple weeks in to this training cycle, but that's something that's been really exciting is, uh, you know, walking away from my, you know, hour and 45 minute bike ride and not feeling like, you know, I I need to take a nap or my legs going to, are going to fall off. Um, and you know, the other big thing is it's just fun to switch things up. I mean, when training for a marathon, sometimes it does get pretty monotonous and I'm sure it's going to feel the same way when I'm doing a long bike ride after long bike ride, but that does make it fun when you look at your training plan and it's like, all right, I rode my bike yesterday. Today is a a swim and a run day. So, so that's what I want to talk about next is kind of what, what a week looks like when training for a triathlon. Um, so I'm going to read out my plan for, for this week, just to give you an idea. So Sundays I take as my rest days, my plan says to take it on Mondays, but I, I, for, for uh, religious purposes, I, I like to rest on Sundays. Um, so Mondays, I'll just read this week. It says a uh, 60-minute bike ride. Um, Tuesday, swim for 45 minutes, run for 35 minutes. So what I typically will do, if I can fit it in together, if I have enough time, I will go on the treadmill and run, and then I'll go to the gym real quick, to the, to the bathroom rather, and I'll put on my swimsuit, and then I'll go swim. So I'll kind of knock it out together. Now this week, I, I didn't have enough time that day, so I did the swim in the morning, and then I did the run at night. Um, so Wednesday, it says bike for an hour 45. Um, I actually did that today because I was behind a day. But anyways, um, then it says Thursday, swim for 45 and run for 35. So pretty much the same workout as what I did earlier in the week. Then it says Friday, a two-hour bike ride. And then Saturday, run 60 minutes with hill sprints. So that's, that's a training week in the life. Um, typically what I've read is you've got three of each discipline per week. So three runs, three biking sessions, and three swims. My plan so far has only been two swims. I don't know if that's just because it's kind of a a beginner plan, but, um, yeah, I, I actually am okay with that because I don't love swimming. I probably will get more swim sessions in as the train training plan goes on, but that's so far what a week in the life looks like. Um, so I, I have noticed it's a lot less running and maybe that'll ramp up. I'm a little nervous as I train for this New York city marathon, how I'm going to get in my long runs. You know, as you can see, like a 60 minute run, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to do six to seven miles in that time. And so, um, that's nowhere near where I need to be right now training for a marathon. I mean, I should probably be up in the 12 to 13 miles by now. Um, cause that race is coming up in, in November. So, um, yeah, that's, that's something that I'm going to have to adjust here shortly. 
All right, so it's time to talk about the eight tips that are going to make your first triathlon a success. Now, once again, I am not the world's best triathlete. I've only done two. I'm training for my first half Ironman. But these eight tips are things that I've learned so far in my training and then in those two Olympic uh, distance races that I've done. So pay close attention. If you're training for your first try or are thinking about it, write these down or at least just re-listen and, and, and really get these down because they will save you time and will truly make your experience better. All right. So number one, rent your wetsuit. I found a place that allows you to rent the suit and then if you like it, they'll actually credit that amount that you paid for the rental towards the purchase. So that's what I did. I rented a wetsuit and I actually rented one that had short sleeves or I guess that was sleeveless. And I, the more I researched and talked to people, they said the long sleeves actually are more buoyant because it's more of that material. It's easier to, to swim faster and so... I ended up taking the credit from my rental and applying it to getting a long sleeve wetsuit. So rent your wetsuit if you don't want to fork over the $200 or whatever it costs or $300 to get a a wetsuit and then just see if you like the sport. And if you're like, this is awesome and you know you're going to do more, then you can just, like I said, use that credit to buy one. All right, number two, ask your friends and family if they know anyone who has a bike or if you could borrow one. Um, you know, my brother was going to do one of the triathlons with me. He actually got sick. I think he got COVID the the night before. Um, but long story short, he had just borrowed one from a friend. So he was planning on doing the triathlon with a borrowed bike. So definitely start there. You know, if you can borrow one or if you can buy one off a friend, by all means, if you have the money to go buy a, a new bike, you know, nothing stopping you there, but that, like I said, is a big hurdle. So so leverage your network and try to get a bike uh, so you can at least start and, and figure it out and then you can always buy one later. All right, number three, buy a good tri-suit. So if you're not familiar with what a tri-suit is, it's, it's kind of like um, a one-piece. And I know they make them in two pieces, but I, I like the one-piece. It's like a, I don't know if you've ever seen what wrestlers wear. <laughs> like, a, I don't even know what they call those little jumpsuit kind of thing, but it's, it's like, um, it's got like the, the biker shorts and the the top all in one and a zipper on the front. And, uh, they're super helpful because you just wear that in the water under your wetsuit. And then you get out of the water, you take off your wetsuit and you still have it on. So then all you're doing is you put on your helmet and your socks and your shoes. Some people don't wear socks, but anyways, I, I can't wrap my head around that. Um, and then you're on your bike and it's actually a really cool feeling because you're riding your bike, you're soaked, but it's like super refreshing because you're, you're obviously hot, you know, cause you just swam for 30 to 45 minutes or however long it took you. And so you're like sweating, but then you have this cool rush of air cause you're on the bike anyways. So you wear the tri suit and then when you're done with your bike, you just throw your running shoes on and then you run. So you're wearing it throughout the whole time. Mine is a two times U or two X U, however you say that brand. I really like it. It's got a little pad in the butt, so you know it, it helps on the bike, um, but it's not super thick to where you feel like you're running in a diaper. Um, so th- yeah, that was a great brand. It, pretty expensive, but totally worth it, especially if you think you're going to do multiple triathlons. All right, number four, 
bring a plastic bag and go out and buy a bottle of tri-slide. So you might say plastic bag. That's kind of weird. What's that all about? And someone taught me this. I think it was the lady at the wetsuit store. But if you put a plastic bag around, like a grocery bag, for example, around your foot, and then you slip in your wetsuit, it is so much easier to get your foot through. Um, because when you start sweating, for whatever reason, it's like if you've ever tried to put socks on when your feet are wet. It's the same concept. So get plastic, a couple of plastic uh, grocery bags that you can put over your feet. And then obviously you get the wetsuit on and you take out the, the bags and you throw them away or put them away. Um, and then tri-slide, I didn't know this until my first triathlon, but a lady next to me had a bottle and she lent, lent it to me. Um, but it's, it's like a, it's like an aerosol spray, but it's, uh, it's like body glide. I think it's made of the same type of material, but it's in a spray form and it actually works really well to put around your neck, around your arms, your ankles. So that as you're putting on and taking off the wetsuit, it slips off and slips on easier. Um, and then you can also grab it as a spray instead of like having to pull off the cap of your body glide and rub it wherever if you're wet. I mean, you can just spray that stuff everywhere and it gives you nice lubrication so you don't have to worry about chafing as much. So tri-slide is what it's called. Get yourself a bottle, super helpful. All right, number five, practice running right off the bike. So it's a really weird sensation when you've been cycling for you know, in the case of a, of a Olympic distance for an hour and a half or so, um, some people are a lot faster than that. Some people, you know, it might take them a couple hours, but when you've been doing that motion for an hour and a half, and then you're jumping straight into the run, your legs literally feel like jello. It's a weird sensation. And the more you practice that, you know, that, uh, the mechanics of coming off the bike, throwing your shoes on and running for a mile or two, the more, comfortable, I guess it feels, the more acclimated your body feels. Um, I, it's, it's funny because I've noticed that I run at a faster pace right off the bike than I do when I'm just running cold. And I think it's one, my body's warmed up, but two, my legs are just used to pumping. And so my legs just run faster, at least for the first little while. And then I slow down, but, um, but yeah, practice that, uh, transition and, and, um, get comfortable with it. And that kind of leads into tip number six, which is repetition. And it's like anything else, but you really have to get out there and practice. Some people, you know, say to practice your transitions, which is, you know, when you transitions are when you're coming out of the, the swim into the bike and the bike into the, to the run. Um, I actually never did and I probably should, but what I'm really referring to here is, you know, when you first started running, you probably hated it. If you're anything like me, it was hard and you felt like your lungs were going to explode and you felt like your chest was going to beat out of your, your, your heart was going to beat out of your chest. It is no wonder why when I swim, I don't love it. And when I ride my bike for a long period of time, I don't love it. And, and it's, it's just like when I was first running, I love it now, but at the beginning I didn't. And so it's all about that repetition and really just getting comfortable and embracing those different disciplines and just practicing. So I know that sounds super common sense, but you know, reminding yourself that the more time you spend in the water, the more time you spend on the saddle, you're going to get more comfortable, you're going to enjoy it more. All right, number seven, get out and practice the open water swim with a friend. So I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but guys, that open water swim can be kind of freaky and, and get out there and practice it. 
Now, it's nothing to be, you know, so afraid of to the point where you're going to you're gonna skip the triathlon altogether. I, I really think that anyone who can run a marathon can do a triathlon. You can get past the mental hurdle. Um, and the more you get into open water, I think the more comfortable you'll be with that concept. So practice, practice, practice. All right, number eight, last one here. Have fun and don't get intimidated. This is a big one because... I'm not joking. When you get to your triathlon and you see the hundreds or thousands of people there with their fancy bikes and all their fancy equipment, and they've done this a million times, and this is your first time, it's it's super easy to feel insecure and and intimidated. You know, you might have a, a dinky helmet like I do, and you know, you might have a bike that you pieced together or you got from a friend, and you're next to somebody who's got this twenty thousand dollar bike. I mean, it's totally normal. You have to start somewhere, but just have fun with it. I mean, I, my guess is if you're listening to this, you're not trying to qualify for the Olympics. Don't stress. Just enjoy the ride, have fun, and know that you are about to have one of the most exciting, exhilarating experiences of your life. So just know it's a new challenge, and you're going to be so proud of yourself when you're done with it. All right, guys. So I hope you found this helpful. That's been my experience so far training, some tips that I've learned that I wanted to share with you. Um, I'll continue to share through Instagram and, and potentially future podcast episodes what my experience is like going from uh, marathon to triathlon. But here's the last point that I want to make is I don't think that being a marathoner and being a triathlete are mutually exclusive. I think you can be both. I consider myself both now and I know I'm a beginner at both of them. I'm I'm totally not pretending to be professional at either, but I'm proud of it. You know, I, I own that and it makes the process more enjoyable. And um, I'm really looking forward to years and years and years, you know, uh, God willing to be able to continue to enjoy these sports. So thanks guys for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this running journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify, searching B-R-E-K-K. -K.